0: You are Locked on Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Hope you guys are having a okay Monday. I know it's going to be a little bit of a sobering day for us all, realization that the season is over, at least for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the Sugar Bowl recap in this episode, of course. I am your host, Ellis Tolbert. Thank you for sticking with us so long. It's been a long season, and it's sad to see it end now. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at Ellis Tolbert. That's E-L-L-I-S-T-O-L-B-E-R-T for more conversation. We'd love to have you there. And please subscribe to the Locked On Clemson podcast wherever you find your podcast. That way you can have the episodes when they drop as they drop five days a week. You don't want to miss a single one. Please, please give us a review and rate the show if you would do that that would be so 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 appreciated uh we got a lot to talk about today (laughs) this this is not a good one of course there's a lot of storylines to go on with this one and now we want to see where Clemson goes with this how do you respond that's the biggest question from here two blowout losses in the postseason in the last two years we want to see how you respond from here especially when you're losing two generational players ah man we got a lot to talk about stick around First up, we're going to talk about my thoughts on the Sugar Bowl. Let's go. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We know the Ohio State Buckeyes have defeated our Clemson Tigers for the first time ever in history. It took about 40 years to happen. They did it in epic fashion. 49-28 in the Sugar Bowl, an absolute blowout win uh 21 point win for the Buckeyes they will be advancing to face the Alabama Crimson Tide on January 11th in Miami for the national championship while Clemson's season is officially over now uh, the 2020 season is in the books it hurts a little bit we'll talk about that though we'll get through all of that but you know this now makes Clemson 0-3 in the Sugar Bowl and Debo Sweeney era and college football playoff era as well they all came as blowout losses we'll (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very, very shocking, this last one, but it is what it is. But first things first, tip your cap and give credit where it's due. Ohio State wanted it. They just wanted There's a lot of storylines that came into this game, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff to wade through. But those guys got it done. They came in, were prepared. They got punched in the mouth early and you know, just rolled with the punches and ended up dominating later in the game. Can't say so much for the Clemson Tigers. Uh, and the second thing that I want to say is that the sky is not falling, folks. If you're an Ohio State fan or a fan of a college football team somewhere else out there that just loves to see Clemson lose, this is not the end of Clemson uh, by no means. Uh, Clemson's not fading out or cycling out or whatever. You know, This is just something that happens. When you play a game— You're going to lose sometimes, and sometimes you're going to lose in terrible fashion. That's just the way it happens. That's the way college football is set up. That's the way all sports are set up. This is why you've seen Tom Brady get beaten by Eli Manning and the Giants somehow, twice. It just happens, all right? So don't worry about what it looks like from the optics right now. It's about how this team responds, and they're built to last I trust the staff, but there are some things that they're going to have to work on and really look in the mirror for, and I'm here to talk to you about that. I'm not afraid to do it. Um, You know, I I was wrong in this game. I completely said some things that I thought were going to go this way. They went the exact opposite, but I did say there's a chance for Ohio State to get a game like this if, you know, something happened with our players. If they imploded, they just forget to show up, they got hurt or something, Uh, but really, The truth of the matter is Ohio State dominated Clemson. That's just facts about it. Um, Sometimes hearing it that way hurts, but that's just the way it is, and we all have to get over it. I know that it's going to be a tough day today, probably a tough week. You're going to have to go into work or go with your family members or somebody that's Ohio State fan or a South Carolina fan or a Georgia-Alabama fan, and they're going to ask you, what happened? You know, you guys were supposed to win. You guys are overrated. They're gonna you're gonna see memes every day, people making fun of Clemson, they're gonna make fun of Dabo because of his comments. You've already seen Shannon Sharp do it. You've already seen guys like LeBron James do it. You've already seen players from Ohio State come out and make jokes about Clemson. That's just the way it is. They've earned the right to do it. They came in and beat the brakes off of Clemson. So they have the right to say and do whatever they want for this season. Now <laughs> I'm just going to give it to you straight in this game. Clemson probably played the worst game since I I think since the West Virginia game game that started similar. Clemson was on uh, the upper hand of the game. They were dominant. Uh, They came out, started fast. Some things broke for them, and then they just could not get it back together. You could say the same for the 2017 Sugar Bowl that Clemson got blown out by by Alabama Uh, Losing that game 24-7, Clemson had a shot to really go in and take the lead. And then an interception happened that really just took the game just off the rails. Then you talk about the LSU game. Just last year in the same venue uh, against LSU in the national championship game, Clemson came into that game with a strong, hot start. Everyone thought, hey, this is going to be it. We've got this game in the bag. And then things flipped on, on its head, I mean, pretty much like in an instant. There's a lot of things to go into this. I, I I don't want to start questioning our coaching staff, but there are some things that need to be talked about. I will do that in this episode uh, for sure. But, again, I just want everyone to know that this is okay. This is a part of the game. Think about it. We've beaten Ohio State four times in a row, going back 40 years uh, to Woody Hayes, punching players, Right. Um, we've even handed them the worst loss in their history, uh, in the Fiesta bowl, 31, nothing, uh, you know, maybe not their history, but uh, urban Myers, for sure. That decided, made him go, Hey, I'm done with this. Right. Um, it's going to happen. And now they have returned to favor. They have beaten Clemson by 21 points and they're now advancing to the national championship. If they win it, that's cool. If they don't, that's cool. It doesn't matter. But now Clemson, we don't have anything to do with it anymore. We're out of it. What we need to be doing is rear view mirror, understand that some things you need to take from this game. You absolutely have to take some things, not just from players, but coaches as well. There's some things that you really need to take from this game, both negative and positive. And then you also need to start, go ahead right now. I guarantee you, Dabo Sweeney is in his office right now on Monday, getting ready to prepare for 2021. These guys are going to be starting mat drills and getting ready for spring in just a couple weeks. Football is not over. Uh, But that 2020 season is over, and we'll talk about more in the second segment. Before I do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football is heading into that national championship. Again, the Ohio State Buckeyes will be taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide on January 11th. Big games coming up, so super excited about that. The NFL regular season is finishing up. With the playoff picture becoming clearer, uh, the Ravens are in. My Titans just clinched it. Uh, w- you know, we're waiting to see what happens if we can get to the lead and we can lead division. I don't know, but there's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account on betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Get ready for it. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. So if you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're still all in here at Locked On Clemson. We should be at least, right? Let's go ahead and talk about the offensive performance in this game. Just not the best uh, output that we could have. A lot of turnovers, a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of glaring deficiencies for this offense, and we'll get into that in this segment. Thanks for sticking with us of course, we know this game was being called without Tony Elliott. He tested positive for COVID. He was unable to make the trip. He was unable to even be a part of anything during game time. He can't call in. You can't zoom in. You can't help Brendan Streeter or or the team whatsoever. That could be like uh, insider trading type stuff. You can't really do that. He's He's got a completely different vantage point from the outside. But this game was called by Brandon Streeter and a little bit by Dabo Sweeney. Of course, Dabo Sweeney has the power to veto plays. So does Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but most, for the most part, Clemson had a really good rhythm going into the game. We saw them come out scoring pretty much immediately and then really doing it again. And then after that, things just kind of fell off. And there are reasons why this happened, and we'll talk about it. I think the glaring issue, though, is the fact that Clemson, yet again, was held to 2.2 yards per carry. You cannot do that against elite teams. You can do that against Boston college. You can do that against wake forest. You cannot do that against Notre Dame. You cannot do that against Ohio state or Alabama or any team that will be making the playoffs. You just can't. It's a big issue. And that issue is obvious because the offensive line has just not been where it needs to be. Now, You could argue that Clemson's offensive line hasn't been where it needs to be for years. Uh, Clemson's never really had an elite offensive line, but they've had pretty good ones and ones that are below average and still got it done. This year, I just don't know that they were ready to take on what they were having. Of course, you know, they've lost four players to the NFL and you had one returning starter who was just very inconsistent throughout the season uh, maybe it's just a mental thing, you know, Jackson is a great player, maybe he's going through some of the same situations of Mitch Hyatt, remember Mitch Hyatt came in as a freshman, played well, and we were kind of by his year three wondering what's going on, is this kid ever going to blossom, it, that's just the way it is. Now, some of this makes me question Robbie Caldwell, is there any way that maybe he can start getting these guys a little bit more, I don't know, prepared, a little bit Stronger in the weight room with Batson. Uh, I, I don't know what the issue is with the offensive line, but they've got to get it fixed if they want to continue playing big boy football because, hey, all the other schools are doing the same thing you're doing. They're trying to progress to get better so they can go win national championships and no one is going to wait on you to get your your problems fixed. That's just the way college football is. you got to deal with that and I trust Davos when he will. Getting the players has never been an issue uh, for the last five years or so at Clemson. They've been able to get Pretty good offensive line recruits. Of course, Jackson Carmen was a very highly recruited player. You just signed Tristan Lee, uh, one of the top tackles in high school football. He's now going to be a Clemson Tiger coming in next season. How do you get him ready and acclimated? Because, again, this offensive line is still going to be pretty young next year. I don't know what's going to happen with your interior O-line. You can have Bachhorst and Stewart both leave. I don't know that they do. They could both come back as well. They would need to, in my opinion, get another year under the belt of starting, get some more experience, and maybe go on and you know play some ball somewhere else. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But then you also had really young guys uh, who are really trying their best to get motivated and get in there and learn, but it's just hard to do uh, when you're not prepared to do so because the starting talent across the offensive line is just not there. Again, something that needs to be taken uh, under consideration in postseason, while you know, this short little stretch, spring's gonna be very important. Get these guys in, go ahead and get them ready. Going into fall. These guys have to be ready. If not, Clemson might see some of the same issues that you had last year. There's zero reason why you have Travis Etienne, the best all-around ACC running back ever, the best Clemson running back ever, return for his senior season and have two yards per carry less than he did his junior year. That's just unacceptable. they got to figure it out. Now, again, like I said earlier, sky's not falling, but that's the way it is. Talk about the receivers. They actually played really well in this game for the most part. I think that Mario Rogers, when he was able to, you know, get things going horizontally, really opened things up for the Clemson offense. I think Cornell Powell really showed you his route running ability. He was out there uh, putting some of their best cornerbacks on skates. There's one play I looked to, uh, he ran a immaculate route against Sean Wade. Ha- Sean Wade out there just trying to try out for, I don't know, ice, Olympic ice skating or something. It looked pretty good, but The receivers played well in this game. The tight ends, for the most part, played well in this game in the receiving game. Maybe not so much in the blocking game. Ohio State's front seven was pretty much able to do whatever they wanted with Clemson after that two-drive series uh, where Clemson was able to come out and score. They kind of made their adjustments pretty quick, and credit to defensive coordinator Kerry Coombs for Ohio State. He was able to diagnose what Clemson was doing and get down to the nitty-gritty pretty quick. Can't say the same for the other side of the ball but uh, and the Clemson Tigers, but it is what it is. Again, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing uh, to look at considering your main play caller was not there. And I talked about this in a previous episode. I didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, that Tony is out, I think there are some things situationally that they probably have done. They probably wouldn't have punted on their side of the field on fourth and two if Tony is there. But then again, I don't know. Tony is known as a conservative guy, so maybe he does. I I think that Trevor... While in the passing game he played well, his legs were completely neutralized by Ohio State. And it should be. That that team knew everything about Clemson. You know, again, they spent all of their offseason thinking about Clemson, what they could do against Clemson, how they could beat this Clemson team. This whole year, I guarantee you, they thought, hey, we gotta do whatever we can do to get Clemson, whether it's in the semifinal or the national championship. We wanna play Clemson. And, you know, they got their shot and they made the most of it. Clemson, I can't say the same. Trevor Lawrence, great game as far as the passing game. Like I said, thirty-three. 33- of 48, uh, 33 is his highest completion attempts uh, he's ever had at Clemson. He had 400 yards passing, which is really nice, uh, two touchdowns and one interception, but he could have had more and he had a fumble issue. A lot of that is because he was not being protected by said offensive line. Uh, you can't really be out there comfortable if you're running for your life all day. This is something that I was not prepared for. I thought that, you know, Ohio State, while they had a respectable front seven, I didn't think they were going to get that much pressure and be able to make Clemson completely one-dimensional. Clemson just couldn't get in rhythm because when they had the ball and they were moving it, they either stalled out and were waiting on the defense to bail them out, and the defense didn't. Ohio State scored pretty much every time, and then Clemson was forced now to go into panic mode. What do you do? you got to go down the field. you got to score, and that can cause turnovers, which it did. I think turnovers really flipped this game on its head, and that's just kind of what it is. Um, I do think that going forward with Clemson – You've got to be able to make sure you are balanced offensively all the time. Being unbalanced, like I said, going against Wake Forest, that's fine. Uh, going against Boston College, that's fine. Going against Oklahoma, or you know, even Oklahoma as of late, they, they've been playing better football defensively. Uh, you know, Any of these elite teams, you've got to be better at running the ball. And you just had the best running back in history come through, and he could only muster out this season – uh, you know 5.4 yards per carry when last year he was uh, almost in eight yards so there's an issue Clemson will figure it out I am confident of that I will say this to lasting things on this portion of it I think that Clemson has really done the best with the least remember you came into this season in this game without Justin Ross you came into it without, without Joseph Ngata. Frank Latson made a couple appearances, but you know really didn't have any meaningful impact in the game. Uh, you just didn't have your full complementary array of weapons. Um, fortunately for DJ, he could potentially have all those guys back. He could have Joseph Ngata and Justin Ross and Frank Latson. As well as the newcomer guys, the Collins Boys, uh Stilato. He's gonna have Will Taylor, he's gonna have Brandon Spector, he's gonna have a full array of weapons. Maybe that'll work out. You also gotta talk about the running back position, Lynn J. Dixon, who seemed to be running pretty well in the game when he was playing. Uh, you know, this kid is going to likely be your starter. You're gonna have some have some other really good running backs come in, as well as Will Shipley. We already know about him and Phil Maffa. If Clemson gets this offensive line situation figured out, they will be back to high-level elite play offensively. And I I can't wait for that, but that's something that Dabo is going to have to talk about with Caldwell. If not, uh, more of what we've seen will happen, especially against the big boys. We're going to be talking about the defensive side of the ball when we come back. Before we do that, though, let me tell you about my friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. They've improved the Built Bar flavor. It's even more delicious now. They've got 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors, 6 new flavors: Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake and mm. Carrot Cake and Apple Almond Crisp. That goes along with their 12 original flavors. They're delicious. They're covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. They're also healthy for you. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal that I know that you are. It's going to help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, High fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you about the cookies and cream one. It's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. That's gonna keep you in that keto and you're gonna feel great. And look, let me tell you something. With this offer, you'll get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So make sure you go and scoop that up. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code On. You'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off and a cooler over at BuiltBar.com. Coming up tomorrow on Locked On, Clemson, I'm going to be talking about replacing Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. These guys are gone. How are Clemson going to be able to manage losing these players and who do they have replacing them uh, from 2021 and beyond. Can't wait to talk about all of that and more right here on Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment here of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. And we're going to talk about the defense. It's the uh, worst performance that I've seen out of this Clemson Tigers uh, defense in the last eight or nine years. Uh, 639 yards, the Buckeyes. No one saw that happening. Uh, This is the second most in a Brent Venables era. Of course, the highest was 667 to the Florida State Seminoles in 2012. We don't like to talk about the 10 to 11 to 12, 13 range Tigers because while they were still winning, they were getting blown out uh, by teams, and they also got beat by the South Carolina Gamecocks. We don't want to remember any of those things, but this is just not a good performance, and there's a lot of reasons for this. Justin Fields played. The game of his career i mean this you couldn't get any better than that 22 or 28 385 yards and six touchdown passes uh he was doing this all with probably deep bruised ribs um i don't i don't understand how this works um they were also very very balanced in this game the defense allowed them to run all over them allowed them to pass all over them and that's an issue uh, not just in preparation, but there is something right there fundamentally wrong with the makeup of this Clemson defense. You don't really see this much throughout the season. You know, you're not going to get exposed uh, very often by a Syracuse offense or you're not going to get exposed by any other ACC opponent very often. But in this one, it was just one of those deals where, like I said, the, the key word, the only thing I can say is exposed. All season, we've known that the secondary is a little shaky. Um, I'm not going to talk about individual players, but the secondary has been a little shaky. As a unit, not very good Uh, on both levels, from both the outsides at corner and the inside back with safeties. Just issues all season with better receivers Uh, and better tight ends. It is what it is. This is glaringly obvious. I don't think anybody out there could disagree with me. The Linebackers, in this game, once you lose Jamie Skalski, even with Jamie Skalski, Ohio State found a way to really get Clemson dysrhythmic. Um, They watched the Virginia Tech tape. (laughs) They did. That's been an Achilles heel of Brent Venable's defense. While he's been one of the greatest defensive coordinators in college football as of late, he cannot figure out how to get teams in base defense. He, he just can't. Um, you know, he's waiting on either you to bring out your signs and, and he's trying to hold his call and what he's doing with his hand. And then, you know, while you're out there trying to get your signals from the sideline and your shotgun and your lineman are sitting around waiting around, he's already getting the call out, the play out to the Mike linebacker. In this situation, the last few years has been Jamie Skalski. Jamie Skalski is able to get everybody lined up. If you're going to be stunting or stemming or slanting with your defensive line, he's going to get those guys set up. If in your back end you need somebody to switch over, he's going to communicate with Nolan Turner. Nolan Turner is going to get his guy in position. And then when you're ready to go, you're about to clap for the signal. He's ready to go. He's already got your game plan. Well, in this game, they did exactly what Virginia Tech did, and they huddled. Out of the huddle, they knew what the play was, went in in and snapped the ball. There is nothing that you can do. There's plenty of times that Clemson got caught off off guard, looking around, trying to get everybody put in place, and then what happens is because they didn't know, they didn't have enough time, that D-line signal was already there to slant right, and they went left. That's just the way it is. But they've got to figure this out. This is something that Brent Venables has been dealing with for years. He's not dumb. He's one of the brightest coaches out there. He's going to figure it out. He's going to have great tape to watch in this one. (laughs) This tape's going to be able to last him for a good year. But you've got to figure it out. I also think that Clemson got dominated not only offensively on the offensive line, but defensively on the D line. Again, a lot of the time I talked about, um, you know, it's not so much, ability or talent i think clemson's d-line pound for pound was good enough to handle offensive line for ohio state and you gotta remember ohio state's offensive line came into this game ranked 104th in sacks allowed They didn't. Justin Fields didn't even get touched in this game outside of running on his own outside of the pocket. they, They did a great job against Clemson. And If you listen to a guy like Miles Murphy, he said they really confused him. There's a lot of things that they did that confused him. Mind you, this team was also playing with a couple of their players hurt along the offensive line and one starter not even playing in the game. They did a remarkable job against this Clemson D line that's still learning. They're still gelling. Remember, you got two true freshmen starting on this offense, on this defensive line. And you also got to think, too, development of some of these players is just not where we want it to be. Uh, XT, of course, he's going to get a pass for this season because of COVID, but just not quite where we need him to be. Justin Maskall, not quite where we need him to be. Uh, KJ Henry was largely ineffective in this game. Of course, he got injured, but he was largely ineffective. You just, didn't really get any push. As a whole, that hurt the defense as a, as a whole because when you don't get any pressure on the quarterback, then the secondary is left out there on islands. Now, I talked about this in the last episode. I thought that Clemson should come out in man-to-man win your battles against their receivers. Well, that was not happening. There was no way that those guys were going to match up with Chris Olave in this game and Garrett Wilson. Those guys tore, ate, ate them alive, ate their lunch money, right? Uh, and then on top of that, They got the tight ends involved, which is something I didn't think they were going to do because they hadn't all season. Again, you only had six games to study, so you can't really say that you knew what this team was going to do throughout the entire season. That's something on Dabo. He's going to hear it from a long time from now. Hey, don't ever talk about teams again. Don't go out there and tell everybody how you feel about it. This is kind of what Nick Saban does. This is why he'll tell you how he feels, and that's that. He doesn't go off in any more tangents. He's not going to entertain anything that you say. The players are not going to say anything. That's the reason why those coaches do that, because now this is held against Dabo. Could you imagine if Nick Saban came out this week and said, yeah, we're going to um, uh, beat Ohio State, because yeah, just because they beat Clemson doesn't mean that they've ever seen this uh, this kind of offense. You, you can't do that. And on my last note for this episode— Do I think these things can be resolved next season? Yes. The talent is there. They have the players that can really be elite for this team. Clemson's recruiting very well. Uh, Not only the D-line spot, uh, the linebacker spot, and safety play is coming into play. We've already got some pretty good cornerbacks there. Some guys need to come back. We'll talk about that too. But, you know, this can be resolved, but it's going to take a lot of looking into the mirror and understanding there is a lot of work to do. Put your head down and grind. Get your hands dirty. That's why we work. Um, last thing I will say in this too about all of this. Maybe this is just revisionist history, but in some ways, I'm kind of glad Clemson did not get past Ohio State. There was zero chance that them playing the kind of game that they played on Friday was going to have them, you know, stop. Alabama from scoring a minimum of 52 points a minimum of 52 points remember Ohio State scored 49 I think the minimum would have been 52 against this Alabama offense so uh, at this point you know we just wash our hands get ready for 2021 I'm excited for it but that was a sour taste that we're going to have to hold on to until August or September with that said we're at the end of the show thank you for sticking with us it's been a long season we're going to talk a little bit more we got some basketball stuff coming up too uh, of course, the men's basketball team is 8 and 1. Uh, one point win against Miami. That's exciting. This team could be really good, and I'm, I'm excited to get into it more this season. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Follow me on Twitter at Ellis Tolbert, E L L I S T O L B E R T, for more conversation. We'd love to have you. And as always, please subscribe to the Lockdown Crimson Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And you can get that wherever you get your podcast. Please review and rate the show if you get a chance to do that. Folks, I'm still here. I'm still going to talk with you. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. We're still going to be all in. It's great to be a Clemson Tiger. Catch you tomorrow right here on Locked On Clemson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.